Welcome, fellow do-gooders and friends. Have you ever thought, I'm just one person, I can't make a difference? This episode will prove that single, doubtful thought is simply untrue. Through the story of Kara Martinez and her not-for-profit, Love Without Borders for Refugees in Need, you'll see how one person can make a difference in thousands of lives just by seeing a problem and trying to help in some small way. You'll see how the simple act of bringing crayons and paper into refugee camps of Greece gave rise to an artistic movement that both brings awareness to the problems that refugees face, problems that don't simply disappear when they escape their home country, and provides refugees with hope for a better tomorrow. So today, I invite you to care a little more about refugees in need as we meet Kara Martinez. Welcome to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for people like you who care about the social impact of conscious companies and everyday heroes. Hear inspiring stories from those who put people and planet before profit and personal gain. You'll learn how you can make a difference, vote with your dollars, and get involved today. Here's your host, Karina Belizzi. Hello and welcome. This is Care More Be Better, and I'm pleased to be joined today with Kara Martinez. Kara Martinez founded this really incredible not-for-profit a few years back, and we're going to talk about what she's doing today and how you can actually get involved and help. The not-for-profit is called Love Without Borders for Refugees in Need. Kara, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Good morning, Karina. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So as we get started, I'd just love you to talk about what drove you to start this effort, and then we can just dig in. Sure, absolutely. I have been traveling my whole life, and I think traveling to all of these countries, it sort of made me aware about other countries and how much we have in our lives growing up in America and the Western world. And I realized that I wanted to do something but I wasn't quite sure how I, what I could do and how I could get involved. Throughout the years, I've lived in a lot of different countries. And when I arrived in Frankfurt, Germany, I was living there in Berlin for about 15 years and Frankfurt for about three. And in 2015, there was an influx of refugees that were coming in from Syria, Iraq, and other countries. That's when I got involved and my life made a huge change for the better. So can you talk about what the program looked like when you first started it? I was volunteering for some other nonprofits in Greece and other countries in the EU. I wasn't also quite sure how I was going to be involved. But one day I took a a box of crayons and some paper into a refugee camp. And there were many children around me, probably about 15 to 20 kids around me. And I had no idea how art would impact their lives. But when I saw what they were drawing, I realized that the children were very traumatized. And I realized that art would be our main focus because it was a wonderful way for them to heal. And the drawings that they were drawing were so powerful and they were so inspirational also because these children were like five years old and seven years old. That's how it started, paper and crayons, just like that. I've had the pleasure of personally perusing the Etsy shop that you now have open with all of these wonderful art collaborations. I have to just say, like, there was one in particular. I went into the store, I looked at it, and it was tiled that they had lost their family. 
it seemed to be just a simple pencil and paper. I'm actually not sure of even what the medium is. I just instantly burst into tears and had to buy it. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just one of those moments, just looking at that simple piece of art that made me realize at the same time that we deal with our challenges here in the West from day to day, pales in comparison to some of these things that these people are going through. I love that what you're doing is bringing arts and art supplies to them to help them kind of work through some of this expression and try to heal a little bit. I just personally so impressed with the effort thus far. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how many people you've been able to positively impact, what the current state is for for people that are are living in Greece and, and dealing with these challenges there. What's your snapshot look like at this point? I started the project in approximately 2016, and it was literally just one person at a time. And some of the people in the camps, they had prior art background. So what I did is I tried to allow and give these materials to as many people as I could. So at one point, we were offering the materials to people in Athens, in northern Greece, where I was working in Nea Kavala camp and also along the islands through different volunteers. I think we've probably helped thousands of people at this point through our little organization. We've been able to take paper art as well as photos and mostly acrylic on on canvas is usually the medium that we use. And so we have a really nice gift bag that we came up with, the idea, and we purchase everything in Greece so that we can support the Greek economy The gift bag comes with two pieces of canvases, 30 by 40 centimeters, two paintbrushes, and a set of acrylic colors. And that, believe it or not, costs less than 25 euros, and it can really change somebody's life. Because if they have the background, they can paint at their own leisure, and if they don't, we connect them with a teacher. It's inspired hundreds of people to paint. We have paintings from people from all different nationalities which is really amazing because it brings out their culture and their homelands and their memories of what they left behind. So the paintings are very full of passion, full of love for their cultures, and also some of the sorrows that they've encountered throughout their travels along to Greece. So we've continued to do this. We have had other projects alongside the art, but we decided as a group that we would continue to keep art as our main focus because we saw the power of art and how it has really helped to heal and to inspire and to empower people. During these last uh, four or five years that we've been on the ground in Greece, our main focus is to empower the people. Some of the people that we help are women. Many of the, of the women have never been able to paint before because they were not allowed to in their country. So for us to be able to bring in canvases, color, and paintbrushes into a refugee camp is very empowering and, and it's wonderful gift for all of us. I'm honored to be able to lead something like this because I had not a lot of background in art and it's just something that happened. So it's pretty amazing and it goes to show you that the power of one is, is very impactful in the world. So how many people are, are supporting you with this effort now? When you travel to Greece and and you lead these projects, you buy these art supplies, what kind of support do you have? We're very fortunate because we 
are a volunteer based organization. We don't have, we have a very small overhead cost. So, but we have volunteers in all different countries around the world. And sometimes they're helping with the animals. Sometimes they're helping to write the bios because we have a one page bio for every artist, whether they painted before or they just started. We, ha- we really love to add the bio. It's, it's like a piece of the art that goes along with the art to uh, talk a little bit about their lives, not to give out too much information, only what they're happy with sharing and to make it sort of a complete piece of art by having that bio as well. So we have our volunteer base is very mixed and we have writers and lawyers and teachers and nurses, everybody that's helping us. Sometimes they can only help a few times here and there, or sometimes they're really active in helping to set up art shows online and everything. But we're very fortunate in that sense because we have a a lot of wonderful people uh, that have been able to support us. And without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So it's really important. How many pieces of art are you presently showing in your Etsy shop online? Right now, we have approximately 43 pieces, I believe. We are going to be adding more in the next months, I would say, uh, because all of the art was spread across the world. I had uh, 12 art shows set up right before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And I was speaking at about three events to four events per month. And so all of the art was ready, strategically set up for those events. And so recently I've just gone and picked up and collected all of the art to bring back here to Phoenix. And so the majority of our art is in two or three different places now, but we do have an, a tremendous amount of art still. So we will be adding that a little bit at a time. So let's talk about, you know, the proceeds from the art, right? On your Etsy page, when I was browsing and I found this one piece that I just had to have, it shared that all of the proceeds literally go right to the artists that made it. I just, I can't imagine a more beautiful way to serve them. Like they're actually getting the resources that they might need to help support their lives and their vitality through this expression and through this art. How did you ultimately get this whole idea together and essentially start running these gallery style in-person shows and also now the online derivative? At the time I was working in Neacavala camp, the people were waiting two hours in line for a box of orange juice and a croissant. At the same time, I was running these art workshops in my apartment near the camp. And when I saw that, I I just wanted to find a way to be able to help them, but I wasn't sure exactly how. And when I posted a couple of these paintings online, because I have a, a pretty big following on social media, everybody wanted to buy them. And I said, this is perfect. Then we can go and buy these electric camping ovens for the people in the camp and they can make their own food. So with the money that they earn from the art, they can go buy staples and food supplies and then they can cook on their own and they don't have to stand in line. And that's exactly what we did. And I remember one mother, she came up to me and she said, you know, I really just want to thank you so much because I haven't been able to cook for my child for years. She was making them simple like eggs and something simple, but it was the most joy that she had had to cook for her children. So I knew that this would be the best way to help the people directly and also to give something tangible to the donors. 
because at that point there were so many different situations going on around the world. And I decided that that's what we would do. I was interviewed by NBC shortly thereafter, and they wanted to do a interview with us in Greece. So they came out to interview me and the kids while we painted during one of our workshops. At the same time, this wonderful friend of mine asked me if I would like to do an art show and she would curate it for me in Boston. And a friend of mine happened to have a wonderful place in his office to have the event. And so NBC was there to record that as well. So that two-part report was so impactful for us. And it was seen around the world. And I started to get messages from people all around the world, from Des Moines, from Lincoln, Nebraska, San Francisco, Hong Kong, Frankfurt, Germany, all around the world. And to everybody that asked me, I said, yes, I'm a flight attendant as well. And I have great support from my company. And I traveled for, I think, four years straight after working in Greece, after flying my trips. I was going to speak at schools, at universities, and different communities all around the world and tell them that about the people in Greece because they lost their voice. So I felt that I had to advocate on their behalf. I had to be their voice and just to let the people know. And whether they helped us or not, it, it didn't matter. It just was so important to me that I got the word out about this situation because at the time there were 120,000 people displaced in, in Greece. So when I think about that, I remember seeing your posts on social media when you were collecting all these supplies to bring with you on your next trip to Greece. I mean, it was, yes, art supplies, but a lot of other staples and things that they might need as well. And people were just so willing to try and give and support in some way. But you are one person traveling from here to Greece and back again. Is there a particular connection that you had to Greece initially that started this whole thing? Or did this just come from being exposed to it and just feeling the need to get involved? Yes, I did not have any connection to anybody that was displaced. I had never even been to those countries. I just went there as a human being and seeing that there was a lot of need. Sometimes we have to keep it simple and, and not think things out too much. It was more of a matter of being informed, finding out all of the places around Europe that needed help. And I went to many but when I got to Greece, I thought, where is the humanity? What did these people do to, to, to deserve this? And I decided that I would just stay in this one area and go work in this one camp. And that's how it all started. And I think when you're working in the humanitarian field, this was obviously my first time. But when you're there on the ground and when you see the situation, the people, what they're going through, you live it. You are a part of it. I sat down with people. I spent hours, hours. Sometimes we worked 18 hours a day and I would sit down and just listen to them. After listening to them, then I was able to start to, to make some action and to start resolving these problems. And it was literally one family at a time, one person at a time, whether it was taking them to the hospital, buying them medicine. We didn't have any limitations. They did. They were the ones that were supposed to be being supported by these big NGOs in the camp, but they weren't getting the help that they needed. So I literally did this one at a time. And that's when I started to become very innovative with 
the art projects and accommodation projects. And we started a lot of different ways to support them. You mentioned something very interesting, that there's a lot of big NGOs in the camp that are supposed to be giving these people aid, yet some of the things that they're there or intending to do aren't happening. Is it precisely because you were able to be scrappy and kind of be in the trenches with these people that you feel you were able to make an effect? Or, you know, where were these NGOs failing that we funnel these resources to? This is a big issue that we've had a lot of us grassroots being in Greece right now and seeing the amount of money that's coming from the EU going to accommodation plans and projects for the people. We have housed this close to 70 families, just my little organization, since 2016. That money should not have been taken from our little organization or from the donors. That money was supposed to be supported from the EU. And this is where there is a big major downfall. There's no accounting. We do it because we have to. Otherwise, there are people sleeping in the parks. We've been trying, I've been trying, I've gone to Brussels to have meetings with the UN and other people, but it doesn't ever bring anything. So we've been asking these questions for years, but we don't have any answers. But we can't stop our fight for the people. We have to continue helping them as much as we can and hope that there's other people looking into those questions that we have. I completely agree. I think one of the problems that we have here in the West, when you when you say something as simple as, you know, if we didn't do something, these people would be sleeping on the on a bench in the park or something to that effect. Here you you tend to hear people criticizing those that are without the means to shelter themselves as if they think it's a choice. As if they think they end up on the street because they choose to live that way in the freezing cold with only a tent and sometimes not even that. We hear about these atrocities in other places. I think in some way, at least as Americans, we're like, oh, well, yeah, that's a real problem. So I'll put something into that. But these problems also exist on our own turf. And I just wish that there was, and this is my just putting a wish out there. I wish there was a way for people to just care a little bit more, particularly about that, because yes, it's happening in Greece and yes, it's happening I mean, it's happening in these big developed countries too, right? Like right here in Santa Cruz County, people are sleeping under a bridge or, you know, right at the crux of the corner of an on-ramp. They're having to live in these ways because we are not giving the right resources to the people that need it the most. So it's really alarming to me to hear about something where when you're dealing with a problem that has funding from the EU, from these particular programs that money has been funneled in from all of our tax dollars from all of these countries. And yet these people don't even have the ability to get a roof over their head when they're fleeing these really difficult challenges in their home countries. Like they've had to displace their entire family to go somewhere else just to be safe. I I applaud the work that you're doing so much. It it touches me on this really core level. And I just see in, in this picture that we're sharing here via Zoom, a piece of art in the background Does that happen to be one from your project here? Yes. All my art is from From refugees that are are displaced in Greece. And this was actually a gift from a man named Salam Ahmed. He's from Syria. And this was a gift that he sent me a while back. 
It's absolutely beautiful. So, I mean, you, you walk around your apartment a little bit. So when I do post this on YouTube, some people can, can see that, but I think I'll just have to take a snip somehow to put it in social media too. I also plan to share the art piece that I bought as soon as it arrives. And I would encourage people to just put a little bit forward into this in some way. Now, you know, can you talk a little bit about your website and the resources that you've put there so that people can get involved and learn more about what you're doing? Absolutely. We have a wonderful website that has a little bit of information about some of the artists that we're supporting and also our Etsy shop, which is the best way and the most effective way to help the artists directly. So all of the pieces on there are created in Greece from one of the workshops that I've run. 100% goes back to the refugee. And if people make any donations, the donations go for our accommodation projects that we're, that we're running in Greece, as well as our food voucher program. Everything that we're doing is in Greece. And we have also a couple of our projects that we just posted recently. One is called Wahid Wahid. In Arabic, it means one by one. What I am trying to instill is that what we're going to do is take one person at a time, even if it takes the rest of the time. We, we're working with one person at a time to find out what they want to do, whether it is being a tailor or creating bags or art. And we are going to fundraise to get them tools and then help them connect them with a business mentor and help them to get their feet on the ground so that they can continue their work. We've had about two already, and they're wonderful, positive stories from a man and his four-year-old child that was in the park. We took them off the street and placed them into a small apartment, a studio in Athens. And he's, we found out he was a tailor in his home country of Afghanistan. So we did a fundraiser for a sewing machine, a material and now he's in a few months, he'll be self-reliant and he won't need us uh, to pay the rent anymore because we've had our one-year contract. And usually after one year, they're able to um, sustain themselves on their own. That's uh, the Wahed Wahed project, which is on the website as well as our Etsy shop. Now, if somebody wanted to get involved with a matching fund for you, is that something you've done already in the past? I'm just curious to see if you've got anything like that in the coffers at the present time. At the moment, we don't have, but we're open to discuss with anybody that has interest for sure. So I was going to ask you a little bit about how you measure success, particularly when things are dire, like if you feel like you're not able to make progress, let's say in the time of COVID where you're not able to host a lot of the events that you were you were hosting before, speak at the engagements, drive awareness. So, So how are you measuring success at this time? And if somebody was to take on a similar project like this, what would your advice be to them to help keep them engaged and feeling motivated? My success is measured by the people that I, that I support. When they are happy, when they are able to continue to paint, and when they have hope, that to me is success. I do spend a lot of time, if you can imagine the thousands of people that I've met, Throughout the last five years, I'm always in contact with them, with the kids, even though they're now in Germany or they're in other countries, even they send me just some emojis that I know that they're happy. And that's success to me because I know the real time that they lived in Greece. And I know that 
that will probably never leave them. And they will probably never talk to anybody about the time that they went through. So I think that our time painting was their therapy, was their healing. And I think that now these months have been very hard for us as an organization. I didn't even know if we would come out of this and and be able to still uh, run our project. But to be able to have artists painting again and for us to have our art online and to have some online exhibitions on Zoom, these are the small successes that I find in life and that keep me uh, inspired and going at the moment. And yeah, we just want to make sure that people have some hope and that they have somebody there to support them because no matter what, uh, you should always have a friend to go through these difficult challenges with you. That's what will get us through. Well, I love that you've been able to do as much as you have. And of course, there's always more, right? So if you were to give somebody one action that they could do today that would help support this effort, what would it be? You can visit our Etsy online uh, shop and uh, take a look at, at art and pick out a lovely piece of art for you or a friend. And that would be a wonderful gift to us. And inform yourself. Always keep informed about the situation. Many people don't know about what's going on in Greece and beyond. And that's why I spend so much of my time off on Zoom calls with teachers, because we're trying to create a refugee curriculum for the children in the U.S. so that they can be educated and understand how much they have in this world and about the kids across the country, across the world that are really suffering right now. So it's important that we are aware. That's the most important thing and that we share this information and help to educate the children of tomorrow. Well, I can't think of a more perfect note to end that on. So I want to thank you for being here, for being my friend and really just for everything you're doing. Just so everybody's clear, the website is love without borders, the number four refugees.com. There's a Etsy shop. Do you want to give a plug to your social media platform so people can follow there as well? Sure. We have a Facebook site, Love Without Borders, and we post all of our updates there through through our social media as well. Well, thank you so much, Kara, for joining us today and for all you do. I will include links to your site and show notes and also on social platforms. I just want to thank you. A round of applause, even if it's just for me right here right now. Thank um, you so I know much. other people are listening, and I hope that together we have inspired them to take a small action that will also help support your effort again. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Well, this has been Care More, Be Better. I'm Karina Belizzi, your host, Kara Martinez, with Love Without Borders for Refugees in Need. Thank you for listening today to this insightful interview with Kara Martinez and Love Without Borders for Refugees in Need. I invite you now to visit my website, caremorebebetter.com. There you'll find an action page that enables you to link directly to her work. You'll see that each month this refreshes with new actions that you can take so you can help build a better tomorrow. Thank you for everything you do for being a part of this pod and helping us to achieve a better future. Thanks for listening to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for social good. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. 
and share with your friends to help us reach more people and spread more social good.